0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked on NHL Western Conference Wednesday edition. And today we are going to talk the good, the bad, the ugly with Western Conference goalie tandems and then maybe some slight overreactions or underreactions with preseason hockey.
1: You're locked on NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
0: day. Well, hello everyone and welcome to Western Conference Wednesday here at Locked On NHL. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto of Locked On Flames, joined by my Battle of Alberta partner, Brett Holden of Locked on Oilers. And today we are going to dive into the best and the worst goalie tandems in the Western Conference. But before we do that, please make sure that you are subscribed to Locked on NHL wherever you get your podcasts and on
1: YouTube as well. Brett, how are you doing? Oh, I'm not too bad. The international break in soccer is done, so I finally get to watch my Manchester United team once again after like three weeks. That's all I'm happy about. That's all I care about.
0: Yeah, you know, it's still preseason hockey, so it's yeah. nothing to fret about, Uh, nothing to kind of overanalyze just yet. But today, we are going to overanalyze some goalies.
1: Yeah, do our job, Right,
0: exactly. Yeah. Like, people will be like, why are you even talking about this? Because it's quite literally our jobs. Yeah.
1: And... <laughs> Yeah, the money at the end of the month is always very nice too. Yeah. Uh, but uh we, we're gonna start off with the negative, aren't we? We're not gonna go positive. Right. It's it's
0: wacky Wednesday. I I don't know. I was trying to think of like something negative, but it doesn't work for Wednesday.
1: I like wacky, it's a little behind. <laughs> Let's start off with our third worst tandems and then go down to our absolute worst. Yeah. Yeah. Um Alrighty, do you perfect. wanna start? Yes, I shall start. Sounds good to me. And uh, this one, just before we got on, I started taking notes about this team to talk about later. But for me, the third worst tandem in the Western Conference is one I don't really want to give it to because I really like their goaltender, their starting goaltender. But the team around them isn't fantastic. Caught up in a tough system But he is a really good goaltender But the other goaltenders around him Make the tandem not fantastic And that is the Arizona Coyotes Carol Vomelka I I think has been just left up To the cleaners I think he's a very good goaltender Very technically sound And can make a lot of saves that You sit there and go How did you save that? But then you also have John Gillies Who played for The St. Louis Blues the New Jersey Devils, the Maine Mariners, the Providence Bruins, and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms—all just last season. Uh, which That's is just all- last season? Amazing, impressive. That's all just last season. Those are better numbers than guys in the NHL right now. And I don't even know what the numbers are referring to. But uh, yeah, John Gillies and then uh, Ivan Prosvitov, uh, a, a rookie goaltender who's played three NHL games, who got into three NHL games, had an 875 save percentage in those three games, and an average of 4.22 goals a game. So. Uh, Does it have a little bit or a lot to do with the team around them? Yes, absolutely. But the inexperience of that uh, back goaltending situation, I mean, you do have a goaltender who played with like seven teams last year, but still, you don't have a lot of uh, great stuff to run around with in Arizona.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that that's very fair. Um, Arizona is absolutely just kind of one of those teams right now that is in a very sticky situation, and they are just—they're struggling. They're—they're they're struggling a little bit. Um, I'm going to go with the Wild.
1: Ooh! And it's,
0: Even though they have Mark Andre Fleury, I just—I don't—I don't know how many more miles you can get out of him. I'm going to compare this to something very specific that I feel like a lot of college kids will understand. Uh, you have, like, not your first car, but your second car. that you, It's obviously still a used car that you get, and it has, like, 150-something thousand miles on it, and you're just like, this thing might break on the highway if I go above 60 miles an hour. And you don't know how how much longer you'll get out of it. That's how I feel about Marc-Andre Fleury this season. They did trade Cam Talbot, which, I mean, he's you – know, I just I go back and forth on that because I thought that they could have been a really good tandem, but um, I, I'm not sure how much you'll get out of Marc-Andre Fleury.
1: I 100% agree. I mean, you also saw the discontent. Within Minnesota, after the the contract from uh, uh Chuck Fletcher and their Chuck Fletcher, yeah Chuck Fletcher and the uh, um Minnesota Wild, and between them and Cam Talbot, just mm-hmm. to get something done and get him out of there, and you kind of see that uh, Mark Andre Fleury is going to be the guy. Is that, like you said, will he run out of steam at some point? The funny thing is, I had Minnesota. I thoroughly fought myself in putting Minnesota in the top. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I didn't, and uh, it was uh, their, their backup, the reason why. But, yeah, very much so. I, I just thought, you know what? I can see them. and And we talk about how good Minnesota is. Yeah. I think their goaltending can keep them together, but maybe not better than some of the other ones. But I, I'm behind it. I'm here for it. I, I, I you've, you've convinced me. Uh, number two, who do you have as the second worst goaltending tandem in the Western Conference?
0: J.D. Young. I am so sorry, but I do <laughs> have to name your San Jose Sharks for the second worst goaltending tandem in the Western Conference uh, because. Do you have an NHL caliber goaltender on your roster?
1: I know show no, James th- Reimer some respect.
0: I know. Listen, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know, they had like seven goaltenders under contract, and of course they traded Aiden Hill to Vegas. Uh, but I just I don't know. I San Jose as a whole is very bad. Does their yeah. I just I don't see their goaltending as anything remotely close to ready for this season. And I'm sure uh, J.D. Young at Locked on Sharks will tell you even more because he is obviously an expert on this team. But the good news is is that they have some fun goalies down the pipeline, which is, is good for their future.
1: Yeah, yeah, But not for this year, unfortunately Yeah, I'm behind that uh, It took me a lot I don't have San Jose here Because of the respect I have for James Reimer And every time that I go Ah, James Reimer's on this team ah, yeah. Every time He proves me wrong And goes out and has a very, very good season So, I, you know what I'm behind the, the tandem In general But I don't want to get embarrassed by James Reimer Again <laughs> Yeah, that's where I'm that's at. Um, mine for number two is how should I phrase this? Very difficult to not put at number one. <laughs> let's Ooh, let's okay. put it. Let's put it like that. I, I have the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh. <sighs> starting goaltender was the backup in uh, Toronto last year, who a lot of people were just like, please just give away for uh, a, a box of Smarties, which in Canada is different than what you guys have down there. Um, and really? uh, and a, a, a box of box as well. Um, and that's Peter Mrazek. Peter Mrazek starting off in, in uh, Arizona or in Chicago, excuse me. And their backup Got a game in the NHL last year, which is fantastic. But he hasn't had consistent play. He's coming back from an awful degenerative uh, disease, I believe you would call. I believe he had MS. And that was uh, Alex Stalock. Tried to make his way back into the NHL with the Oilers. They moved him on to San Jose last year. Did get a game in. Unfortunately, he had a 781 goals against Uh, average and a 786 uh, save percentage in the NHL played about 20 20 games in the AHL wasn't fantastic there all the best Alex Stalock because I thought he he was a one of the better goaltenders underrated goaltenders I should say in the league for a little while um, but unfortunately, just in a bad situation, especially in Chicago, going to be on a bad team in Chicago as well. And the fact that there may be debate whether it's Morazic or Staylock starting in net for the Chicago Blackhawks just shows the shambolic nature that Chicago is in right now.
0: Yeah, that's I didn't see Chicago coming. I, I didn't because I just no. I, yeah,
1: you, I don't. To- tend to block them out
0: (laughs) right like they're so under the radar and like off my radar right now because they're just such a bad team that I just wasn't even thinking uh check their goalies (laughs) but yeah no that's very fair and who is your worst
1: my worst is actually on a team that might be decent this year but a team that we have given a lot okay this is yeah
0: we both have the same number one.
1: Okay, perfect. Sounds good. Yeah. It is, in fact, the Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, who's your starter? Who's your backup? Right. Who's going to be in the AHL? Who's going to get the call? Like, you have you mentioned San Jose, and I, it was funny because I was going to mention, oh, maybe I have a San Jose bully on there later on. Aiden Hill, can he make a push for starting goaltender spot? Mm, I don't know. Laurent Bressois loved LB ever since he was an Edmonton oil king just hasn't, he's been a career backup in the NHL. Good for him. And Logan Thompson maybe can maybe turn into like a Binnington or, or an Ottinger, but I mean, probably not. (laughs) Let's be real here. Probably not. I'm not, I don't have a lot of faith in that, that, that goaltending tandem in Vegas. No.
0: And I don't think that we've, been given a reason to be excited or to trust them. I think Vegas is kind of dealing with their own little fire. Uh not as not as bad as like an Arizona or a Chicago, but you know, there's there's like a trash can or two on fire there and they're trying to put it out. But I I don't know why they wouldn't have been proactive. And gotten a goaltender in early free agency um uh, even even if uh Robin Leonard didn't Chelsea. need this surgery just yeah. to have security, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, maybe that's just me and like my over analyzing and overthinking, but I feel like you want to be proactive in these sort of situations, uh you know. Because you don't want to end up with three AHL, WHL uh, goaltenders
1: because
0: you simply, the goalie market was dry.
1: Well, Vegas was there in their inaugural year. Remember, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury got injured. They had to bring in Oscar Dansk at one point. They had to go all the way down, I believe, to Logan Thompson at one point. Uh, maybe he wasn't even in the organization yet. Um, because of the goaltending issues that they've had. This has been lineal for their entire organizational status as an NHL team, and you still haven't learned your lesson? Like, yes, Robin Leonard is fantastic and a guy who should have won. I believe he did win that Vesna trophy a couple of years ago. If he if not, he should have for sure. Mm-hmm. But like you said, you, you have to have some sort of security blanket, especially if somebody goes down like that. At no point has Robin Leonard been the healthiest goaltender in the NHL. And you saw it just at the end of last year where Emily Kaplan reported that he was going to go in for surgery. And then all of a sudden Vegas goes, oh, no, 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 no. He's okay. He's okay. He's okay. Then he backed up that game and then went for the surgery. They've always known that there was going to be some sort of injury issue with Robin Leonard. And when all the teams around you are getting better, you decided not to test that goalie market? Right.
0: And there were some good goalies, I would say. At least even they were being shopped around by their team. Like Gorgiev, I thought. Exactly. I, I don't know. And that I was think- exactly
1: where I was going to go. Even if you pick up a, a quote-unquote backup goaltender, you have the Georgiev's. You have the uh, uh, who is the one that was moved to uh, uh, somewhere else as well. Um, Ilya Samsonov as well. Hell, you can even take a splash at Matt Murray. I
0: was just going <laughs> to say that. Right? There Why were so many. You
1: exactly. There were so many options for them, and they just went nah. No. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, they were in cap some sort of a cap issue, but where did that come from? <clears throat> Jack Eichel. <Jack> <laughs> oh, something's going around today, All I right,
0: think. I think it's the Jack Eichel
1: cough. <laughs> yeah, but Vegas, I mean, uh, going to have a very difficult time this season trying to navigate through the crease as there just seems to be maybe a bug going on down in Vegas as well. Yeah, there's something. Go- Goaltending is consistently an issue uh, For a couple of other teams in the West Goaltending is not an issue And we will get into the top tandems In the Western Conference In the crease In just a second But first I want to tell you about our partners Over at BetOnline BetOnline.net is your number one source For your football betting info This Season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. And it is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, NHL, NBA, MMA, UFC. They got Mexican League Baseball. They've got boxing. They've got golf. They've got it all. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. Where we are going to continue today Is with We're going to stay in the crease But again with those best tandems In the Western Conference In the crease Jess who do you have as the third Best goalie tandem In the Western Conference
0: I have Your boys Jack Campbell And Stuart Skinner Ooh. I am very intrigued to see what Jack Campbell can bring to Edmonton. I I do know that, obviously, he's a good goaltender. And I think it was smart for the Oilers to go out and grab him because he's kind of... Well, he's still young, first of all, but he's not on the brink of retirement. He doesn't have any sort of, you know, knock on wood constant health issue that is bothering him or anything like that and to have you know Stuart skinner was great for them when he was needed so i as an overall hockey fan like if i'm taking my flames coverage out of this i'm excited to see what jack campbell can do and hopefully help out the oilers team
1: Yeah, I'll talk about them in a second, Um, but no, I I 100% agree with you. I think it's a different type of beat in Edmonton when you can sit here and go, oh, wow, the Edmonton Oilers might have a decent pairing in net. And we're talking about Miko Koskinen, and we're talking about Mike Smith. We're talking about Ben Scrivens, Devin Dubnik, uh, Anders Nilsson. I'm going to skip over Cam Talbot because he was the one saving grace over the last 10, 15 years. But I mean, ever since Dwayne Rollison. And now the Edmonton Oilers have not only one, but two. And the other guy who's going to back up is a homegrown talent, not only within the organization, but Stuart Skinner's from right here in Southside Edmonton. Played, shout out, Southside Athletic Club. Um, Stuart Skinner, I, I think, is going to be a very interesting note, which, again, I, I'll get to them in a second maybe, but uh, I, I 100% agree with you that I think, they're going to be an interesting tandem this season.
0: And I promise Brett is not holding me at gunpoint from like, <laughs> yeah, hands, now. hands like, right I here. promise. Like I said that on my own there. <laughs> he is not paying me. We did get paid today, but he did not bribe me to say that. And
1: blame yeah,
0: fans, I am very sorry.
1: That was genuine shock. <laughs> I have to tell you. Um, my number three uh, tandem is in Dallas. I had somebody different here, so I'll give a quick shout-out to uh, the Nashville Predators. UC is a fantastic goaltender in himself, but I'm not sure too much about Kevin Lankinen. But I do have the Dallas Stars here. Now, the reason why I have the Dallas Stars here is because of the tandem itself, I think, is a little stronger than what it was, or than what it is in Nashville. Lankinen coming off of a very unsure of himself, maybe coming out of Chicago, tough year in Chicago, tough years in Chicago for Lankan and now going to a place that actually has very good uh, defensemen, good system, good goaltending. Maybe he can excel there, but it's just too much of an uncertainty. And so that's why I have the tandem of Jake Ottinger and Scott Wedgwood. Now, Scott Wedgwood bounced around the NHL a little bit last year, and I was surprised by that. Started in New Jersey, headed out to Arizona, and then at the deadline went to Dallas. Again, I was surprised by the movement, but he was consistently a very solid add and always has been a very solid goaltender in the NHL now where the tandem comes in with uh, uh, Jake Ottinger is that he's able to kind of sit there and give a rocker or or some sort of stability to jake ottinger if he he's a guy who's been around the league who can tell him a lot of the issues that happen to a young goaltender or goaltender who's just coming up into the nhl and that is what i think that maybe just the kick in the butt that jake ottinger needs to stay a very good goaltender we saw how he almost stole that series in calgary and we talked about that the the voodoo in in Calgary as well. Hopefully that voodoo kind of uh, stuck, uh, st- stuck stuck stuck. Uh, maybe that's not even English. Um, but maybe it, it, it stuck with him a little bit and, and just kind of gave him that that little extra of, of kind of that special sauce, you know I, I'm really excited to see what Jay Gottinger and the Dallas stars can do this year.
0: Yeah, you know, they are my number two. I wore my Boston University shirt just for Jake Ottinger. Um, (laughs) We love a hockey East King around these parts. And I just, I love him. It was so fun to watch him in the uh, first round against Calgary. It was uh, him and Jacob Markstrom going back and forth. And he was just so phenomenal, especially when you have someone who's So young and fresh and new to the league. I really liked what we saw from him. And then even Markstrom at the end of the series was like, you're the future, dude. Like you, you're, you're next. And I love how he has the little otter on his helmet. And I think that that's really cute. And (laughs) so uh, that doesn't make him a better goaltender, but it is very sweet. (laughs) No, it Uh, does right like it's (laughs) i am very excited to see what happens in dallas this year especially with that forward group being what it is and there's we've talked about you know the health issues and kind of the aging core there um dane from locked on stars actually did a really good episode this week talking about you know like does joe pavelski have anything left in the tank and i think that that's I know a very valid question and something that stars fans and really any hockey fan who grew up watching Pavelski should really check out um but like you said Scott Wedgwood just I feel like I've seen his name float around different organizations for the last few years uh I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing them both do well I want to see you know someone light a fire under ottinger just so he knows he's not you know super safe yeah and i want someone to push him to be an even better goaltender because he's what like 23 um if that and he 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 can't get too comfortable yet not not at this point in your career
1: Well, I I think we saw something very similar in St. Louis. And now you take a look at all the the turbulence around uh, Jordan Bennington. And maybe if we did this list last year, even St. Louis would have been on this list because of Bennington. But we see what happens when a young goaltender like that sees early success. Can they they keep it going for a, a case like Jordan Bennington? No not necessarily that is uh, that's why I have them at three because it could be a very, ah, uh, maybe, maybe not. I think we have the exact, almost the exact same top three here, but uh, yeah, my number two as well is the Edmonton Oilers. Ooh. Um, yes, Jack Campbell, I think is a fantastic ad. And you know what, if you sat me down at the start of the off season, And said, okay, the Edmonton Oilers are going to get Jack Campbell and the Washington Capitals are going to get Darcy Kemper. Who's better? I would have sat there and and confidently went, Washington. Washington, absolutely. He's the better goaltender and he is the goaltender that if you do want to take the next step and win a cup or win a a late series, Darcy Kemper is that guy. But you sat, that, well, I sat there over the offseason and learned more about Kemper's injury and learned more about Jack Campbell, which, I mean, I have over this shoulder here, the Jack Campbell uh, Texas Stars jersey. I've liked Jack Campbell since he got drafted into the NHL. But I wasn't convinced he was going to be the guy to help the Edmonton Oilers take the next step. Darcy Kemper suffered a, a, a awful, awful eye injury. Tried to come back numerous times during the playoffs. Did come in and play. Wasn't fantastic. Now, since then, he's been going to uh, a therapy for his eye to retrain his eye. That is the exact same procedure, the exact same issue that forced Chris Pronger to retire. Now, I'm not saying at all that it is the exact same injury or the exact same circumstance. But coming back from an eye injury is far from the easiest thing, especially as a goaltender, especially as a guy who's supposed to be the number one guy. The Edmonton Oilers have a lot of expectations uh, on their hands and the Edmonton Oilers have a lot of guys who have played with Jack Campbell before. Obviously you talk about the uh, Toronto connection with uh, Tyson Berry and uh, Zach Hyman. Uh Darnell Nurse has played with him in Sault Ste. Marie in, in uh, junior hockey as well. There are guys all over who can really attest to the, the composure and the type of guy Jack Campbell is. And I think not only on the ice that Jack Campbell will bring something, but off the ice, the support that he will see that will really start to trickle into the on-ice game is going to be special. Now, and at the same time we are talking about tandems. Stuart Skinner last year for the Edmonton Oilers had a pretty solid year. I mean, 6 and 6 is kind of meh, but a 9.13 save percentage and a 2.62 goals against very good when you consider who the other two goaltenders were and <laughs> their numbers. Um, but also at the same time, he tore it up in Bakersfield and was arguably the best goaltender in the AHL. A 27-7-7, a lot of sevens uh, in his record <laughs> last year. A nine-twenty save percentage and a 2.21 goals against. You can really see the maturity of Stuart Skinner's game. Like For me, I- I've watched... I- I've known Skinner since he was playing in SSAC as a 15 year old, and moving, being able to see him go from the the the, the midget uh, scene here in Edmonton uh, up to uh, the WHL, work his way as a backup, as a starter, go into the a- ECHL, work his way as a starter into the AHL as a backup, into the NHL or into a starter role now into the NHL. He has taken all of the right steps to become an NHL goaltender and has taken the right journey to do so. I am very excited to see Stuart Skinner and really, because they they say he's going to have about a a 50-20 or 50-30 split about with Mm -hmm. uh, um, Stuart Skinner or with Jack Campbell, excuse me. But Jack Campbell has had injury not issues because that infers a history but he has had injuries before he has had a history of being rather inconsistent at times i think stewart skinner will be the right guy to come in where the 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 boat's a little rocky and really steady the ship
0: yeah i think that that is all very valid and i think it's it's so cool when you get when you have that kind of personal connection to a player because you yeah. you saw them before they were who they are. So yeah. I won't be rooting for the Oilers, but I'm rooting <laughs> for uh Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell's success, just not against the flames. Which,
1: which I think we both have at number one, if I'm yeah. not mistaken.
0: <laughs> yep. Uh yeah. Jacob Markstrom and Dan Vladar. Uh, just two incredible goaltenders. Uh, Dan Vladar was bogged down in the Boston Bruins AHL organization just because they had so much goalie talent. And at the time, he uh, was going to potentially make this the jump to the NHL. Uh, Tuca Rask was still very healthy, and they were going – they had who, who was their backup i think it was yaroslav halak and then it was the bubble season and or bubble playoffs and Tuka ended up having to leave due to a family emergency and then this poor kid gets the call and is just left out to dry but um he started last night in a preseason game and he stopped i think 47 shots or something like that which is highly impressive even though they got shut out three nothing like who cares you know at the end of the day it's preseason but it's nice to see him getting time on the ice at the nhl level and he even said in his press uh, post game presser that he is very grateful that the flames saw something in him and believed in him so i like him and then jacob markstrom is just a monster in the best way possible. Dude's like 6'6". Um, has no problems tracking the puck. And I think this year with the defense in front of both of them, it's going to be an even better season. And I think it's going to be a great one to watch.
1: Yeah, no, I. I I'm... On your boat a 100% here I have to find, here it is Pat Steinberg, this was the stat you, I believe that you were mentioning here With an unusual grain Of salt disclaimer, he says One big positive three games Into the preseason has to be Dan Vladar In two starts and five periods Forty-seven saves on forty-nine shots, which is a nine-five-nine save percentage, and has looked really calm and well-positioned. Again, that's from Pat Steinberg, of fan nine-sixty. Um, yes, I mean you—you you can talk about Jacob Markstrom all day. You know exactly who Jacob Markstrom is. I mean, a two-point-two-two goals against average and a nine-twenty-two uh, save percentage. Uh, those numbers. Pop off the sheet for a reason He's one of right. the best goaltenders In the league, but we do When we, we're having this conversation It's about the tandem It's about everybody who's involved in it And Dan Vladar As mentioned in this Sat right here, is really Really committing to Being, not maybe necessarily the backup And saying that in a poor way But being a support yeah. For Jacob Markstrom and the Calgary Flames. I mean, last year nine oh six save percentage, which I think. I mean, I get to say that it, it, it's pretty decent considering I had Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen <laughs> to watch all season. But a two seven five goals against uh, per uh, last season and thirteen wins on, on that team. It, Shows the support and trust that Vladar uh, is is shown in the uh, Flames organization, and he said he steps in there. And every time you see him on a microphone or 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 just in, in itself, you are very impressed by the man and the player. Mm-hmm. Dan Vladar, I think, can be one of those guys who who kind of maybe a, a cult classic or a cult hero type guy who just does a lot of things right and figures makes the sport almost better. Also in regards to a backup goaltender role and just as uh, anything in general, I like Dan Vladar. I think he is a very solid and difficult goaltender to play against. And especially again, I'm going to mention the Oilers when the Edmonton Oilers go up against Jacob Markstrom, they find something, but not always against Dan Vladar. Like yeah. Jacob Markstrom is not fantastic against the Oilers, but if they were to go against, if at any time Jacob Markstrom has any sort of issue or, or falls in any way, Dan Vladar is always going to be there to pick up the pieces and the Calgary flames are going to feel stable with him in that. That is where you get the, the, the ultimate tandem is if you feel comfortable with the guy who's coming in, then you're fine.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think Answerized that, it. yeah, I think that uh, Daryl Sutter has finally kind of put his faith in uh, Dan Vladar. Last year, at this or at the start of uh, 2022, they were on an East Coast road trip, and it was really ugly. The Flames lost like I think it was like nine goals allowed by the Flames against the
1: Edmonton Oilers. Sorry. No, Sorry, honestly,
0: no, it was. Tampa, Panthers, and Carolina, and it Ooh. was just an ugly road trip and just an awful way to come back from uh, winter break. So I think that Sutter has put that behind him and said, "Let's give this guy a chance." Yeah. and that's good we We like forward motion.
1: That's what we're here for, isn't it? Forward motion. Let's just yes. let's just move forward. Uh, exactly. Yes, top three. It seems like the top three tandems in the Western Conference are basically in stone. In any form you want, the Dallas Stars, the Edmonton Oilers, and the Calgary Flames. I was surprised you threw the Edmonton Oilers in there.
0: <sighs> I had to put my bias aside for one minute.
1: <laughs> I had to. It. I'll take it. But off to uh finally, uh, that is the goaltending tandems in the Western Conference, the best and the worst. Uh, I do I I want to admit as well, hockey writers, quick shout out to hockey writers. I'm sorry because their bottom three as well was Arizona, uh well, basically my three. Or Chicago and, and uh, Vegas So no, I wasn't copying you You're just right <laughs> so, I, <laughs> I just wanted that. to get that out there I'm sure somebody has read it and been like That's the exact same as here just, uh, But no, it, it, they're, they're just right um, But let's move out of uh, the goaltending tandems And today we're going to end on Just some of the notes to pass along From the NHL preseason We will talk about that in just a second
0: Yes, I love preseason hockey. You love preseason hockey? Yeah, because it's a chance for everyone to overreact and then for me to come on here and be like, listen, it will never be that deep. I promise. You. <laughs> I promise. Like, yes. you don't win a prize.
1: I hear that. See, my thing with preseason hockey is, uh, obviously, I mean, the Edmonton Oilers, for me specifically, and this is how all other teams operate, but uh, most people want to just watch McDavid and Dreisaitl and those top players. For me, I'm like, you know what? Show me the Seth Griffiths. Show me the the James Hamblins, the Tyler Bensons. Get me Michael Kesselring out there. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Show me those players in an Oilers uniform, in an NHL uniform. Not all these guys are going to play in the NHL. Right. Let's showcase it. Let's showcase what the organization has. Obviously, this is a time for... Uh, Uh, what's the proper word for it? Um, judging I guess that's not the right word but for evaluating that's the word I'm looking for for evaluating your talent and evaluating what you have within the organization maybe you can surprise somebody Um, and that's what I'm really that's what I love about the preseason is just Sometimes you find those hidden gems and then sometimes you have the, the Ty Ratties who go out there and score like 10 goals in preseason and couldn't even sniff their own goaltender. So um, that's what I really like about the preseason. Let's talk about uh, some of the, the things going on in the preseason this uh, year. So far, a couple of games in actually, in fact, <laughs> tonight, the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary flames play against each yeah. other. So you watch out. We will get into uh, our teams, the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames in just a second. But uh, I want to start off with Arizona because we mentioned we, we might talk about Arizona a little later. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity in Arizona.
0: There is. I feel like there the possibilities are endless
1: yeah. for them. I mean, you go in, you have some of your top picks that that are going to be at at the the, the camp at the same time as well. Their defense is just horrendous. Uh, Horrendous. Like, genuinely. And I don't say that to be funny or or like a Sid Sixero type to be, oh, It's it's bad. And the worst part is is we're still waiting for the trade of Jacob Chick. Yeah.
0: And he said, he was like, I want to ride this out or something recently. I think like last week or the first week of camp, he was basically like, no, I like it here. No, you don't. You don't have to lie. You don't (laughs) have to lie. I promise. There's somebody behind
1: that camera going, say it.
0: Say it. Exactly. Like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like he's like the one bright spot in the organization that could kind of give fans hope. Yeah. But.
1: He's going to be gone.
0: Right. And, and then
1: if he's gone, I'm taking a look at their defensemen. Most uh, uh, experience comes from Shane Goss's and Troy Stetcher, which genuinely, genuinely might be their top pairing once Jacob Chikrin's gone. That's Shane Shane Gossesbear and Troy Stetcher. Uh, I mean, they had to bring in their top – or one of their draft picks from, like, the third round last year in J.J. Moser, who was one of the few draft picks from last year's draft to actually – play in the NHL, and he was like 99th overall or something like that. Uh, um, Dyson Mayo, who has been in the organization for years, I think at one point as well, he was in the Colorado Avalanche um, uh, organization. He went to Arizona, a former Edmonton Oil King, which as an Oil King supporter and a guy who has watched the Oil Kings since their re- reincarnation in 2008. Dyson Mayo, watching him play in the NHL, seemed like something that you were just like, that's a joke. And again, no- nothing poor to- towards Dyson Mayo. I-, I I always loved Dyson Mayo. He won a, a-, a- what's it called? the, What's the tough? Memorial Cup. There we go. He right. won a Memorial Cup here in Edmonton and, and was a-, a-, a cornerstone of that team. And it just seems weird to see him in an everyday role in the NHL. Other than that, and as a team who has consistently been at the bottom of the barrel and who should have prospects amongst prospects, their best defensive prospect is Victor uh, Soderstrom, who should have been in the NHL last year, has had some injuries in the past, and has really had his stock fall over the last couple of years as a top defensive prospect in the NHL. Oh, Arizona. how are you gonna prevent goals?
0: You're not. I, I don't I don't know what Arizona is doing. They're kind of like similar to Vegas to me, because I feel like there's no roadmap out of this problem. I feel like it's going to be bad yeah and like vegas bad is different because you know at least they have good players but there's just it's like trying to find your way out of a paper bag for arizona and i'm very sorry to arizona fans um please don't harass me for that but i just i feel like every step they try to make just ends up being bad poor and setting them back
1: yeah A hundred percent. And I mean, you take a look at their forward core, their, their, their biggest plus is their youth, especially on the forward core. But how many of them are actually going to make it? Connor Geeky, I doubt is going to make the, the, the NHL this year. Dylan Gunther, who is coming off of an injury in the Memorial cup. I've heard that he might start off the season in, uh, in Arizona, But is he going to stay there throughout the entire time? Or is he going to be returned to the WHL and the Edmonton Oil Kings? And then on top of it, if he is returned to the Oil Kings, well, the Oil Kings only have three 20-year-old spots that they can fill. Maybe uh, numerous other guys might come back, like Justin sort of Sebastian Kosha. They might not even have the space to take Gunther back. Maybe they have to burn a year of his contract and send him to Tucson. Spend up and down time up and down in the NHL and the AHL. Yeah. Then you have uh, I mean, uh, you love to talk about the, the the nice stories and you can talk about Liam Kirk one of the f- first NHL players from England from Britain uh, You know, where does yeah. he fit? Uh, where has he been the last couple of years? Because I remember going into that draft, everybody and their mother talking about this, oh this new British lad. He's going to come in and, and come into the NHL. And ever since then, everybody's just went,
0: yeah, 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 yeah riot. Yeah.
1: Uh, the the youth might not even be there for them this season. You got guys like Clayton Keller who needs to get out of Arizona. Yeah. He's got to. And I mean, you just take a look at the rest of the like. They could have an all former Oiler li- uh, line with Zach Cassian, Alex Chase on and Adam Cracknell, and I, that could de- oh God, like legitimately Zach be a second line.
0: Completely forgot about Zach Cassian. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think completely most people did. Um, that's the Arizona Coyotes. They're a, they're they're a mess. Um, I wanted to bring up one other team before we got to ours, and that is the Seattle Kraken because tonight. Shane Wright makes his preseason debut his basically NHL debut, I guess, kind of uh, tonight for the Seattle Kraken in the preseason. I mentioned that because uh, Seattle's had a very interesting uh, preseason. They're going to have an interesting preseason to begin with, but on a uh, Monday night, they played the Edmonton Oilers. They shut out the Oilers three, nothing there. Maddie Baneers getting a, a, a beautiful snipe of a goal. Who I am very interested to see the the dynamic between Beneers and Wright. As well, they had guys like Ryan Donato, Joey Dacord was their 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 goaltender there. They have really been icing a relatively NHL roster, but mm-hmm. is that because they don't know what their NHL roster is gonna look like? Or are they trying to get into some sort of form so by the time the season starts, they're they're ready to take it on ahead first right from the start of the season? What's right. going? What do you think is going to happen in Seattle here? Oh
0: God! I see they just shut out the Flames last night, three nothing as well. See, and, like what
1: what is this?
0: Right, and that makes six periods without a goal against for Seattle, and that's that's incredible considering how bad seattle was last year and how inconsistent their goaltending was but i'm i'm interested to see what this theory like this not theory but what what are they doing like you said is this so they get into a rhythm and have their nhl guys ready and you know there's they're not still trying to shake the dust off and just get into that rhythm by mid-October and they're just gonna run into it and run you know try to do something strong here Mm. make a strong start because it doesn't matter I mean it doesn't matter how you start it's how you finish but if you can grab some extra points now you can absolutely afford to lose some random February night game against you know the Ottawa Senators
1: but Mm -hmm. Take a look at the Edmonton Oilers last year. I mean, they were at a point the worst team in the NHL, but they were able to bank those points early on in the season so that when they did fall yeah. down, they go, okay, well, okay, we can still make that playoff push. That's what happens. That I, I hate it when people are going, oh, it's only the seventh game of the season. You better calm down. Points are points. Points right. are going to matter no matter if you got them in October, November, December, January, right. February, March. It doesn't matter. They're points. That exactly. And you know what? Like you said, maybe they try and rack them up early on so that down the road they might yeah. be fine.
0: And I think that that's just going to be like the Pacific Division way because it's while this division got better, we all know that these teams are inevitably – do for a slump at some point and that's just the nature of hockey so if you can get points now or you know like you said it doesn't matter when they don't you don't get like five points for winning a game uh at a different point in the season so you know two two one or none that's that's it and i i I'm honestly rooting so hard for Ryan Donato because he was in the Boston organization and just did not fit well there. Went to Minnesota, didn't really fit in there. Then went to San Jose, not so great. And now he is with Seattle. And I think that he has finally found his footing and his identity as an NHL player.
1: I do want to... uh, um... Correct myself here, he played last night in his first ever game that was against the Calgary Flames, so congratulations.
0: Thank you. I, <laughs> couldn't, I couldn't watch it because it was blacked out uh, because oh, I'm yeah. Canadian and I don't yeah. live in Seattle. What? So I you don't? No, no. surprisingly so-
1: Shout out to Shane Wright for his uh, NHL debut, technically there. I'm really excited to see down the road him and Maddie Veneers. That's all I really care about. I can't lie. Um, let's uh, quickly talk about our teams, the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Jess, how do the Calgary Flames look coming out of training camp and in the preseason so far?
0: They look hungry.
1: Ooh. I think that
0: they're... Um... You're
1: welcome. Yes. Sorry. So yeah, sorry. no,
0: I think losing to the Oilers in the fashion that they did really um, put a chip on their shoulder. And then the off season that they had, like they ugh, I hate calling them underdogs because they're not underdogs, but they have that mentality of we have something to prove because we lost to 40 goal scorers and we need to prove that we are still good without them. And we are not just Gaudreau and Kachuk. We are Mm. Huberto, Toffoli, random fourth liners. And (laughs) I guess Cody Eakin is probably making the team out of camp as well on a PTO. So, you know, I think that they really want to just win. They want to play hockey. And Daryl Sutter said that they are in better shape physically uh than they were at this time last year, which is always great Ooh. to
1: hear. And especially for a team who finished top of the Pacific, that's scary to hear. That yeah, is scary
0: that's hear. it's a little worrisome because I think yeah. I mean worrisome for the opponents because this team already had fast skaters and really beefy guys that could throw big hits. So yeah. I don't I don't know <laughs> what else lies ahead there. How are See, your oilers?
1: Yeah, up north here we. Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. You better watch out for Dylan Holloway. Dylan Holloway is going to make. Uh, well, first of all, the team for the Edmonton Oilers. But in each game that he has played, he has been the best. Edmonton Oilers, best player on the ice in general. Uh, He's really making the case for him, making the team. Everybody expected him to, basically, but now he's just solidifying his spot here. The interesting thing to watch for the Edmonton Oilers will be that Philip Broberg spot. Uh, Basically, that sixth defenseman... um, Will Philip Broberg win it? It seems like there's – some people are really preferring the play of Marcus Niemalainen, a six-foot – I believe he's six defenseman, who just goes out there and punishes guys in two preseason games, 11 hits – Five on Monday night against Seattle. Six on Saturday against, or on Sunday, excuse me, against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Really making in twenty games last year, he had eighty-one hits in twenty games. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people talk about that fourth line from the Flames. And being, oh, no, well, if the Edmonton Oilers have to go up against uh, Brett Ritchie, Milan Lucic, and uh, Kevin Rooney, oh, it's going to be an issue. No, it's not. That I literally said to a buddy of mine. I said I will give twenty bucks personally to any one of those fourth liners who can catch up to Connor McDavid, and and genuinely, that I I will e-transfer Milan Lucic myself. But at the same time, where I was going to go with this is that the Edmonton Oilers have guys that. Can do that at the same time, who are actually, and no disrespect to Kevin Rooney, uh, Milan Lucic, or uh, um, uh, what would you guys say? Brett Richie. Who knows? No disrespect to them, but who do bring actual hockey qualities to the game. Like and yes, Nimeleinen is a massive lad, but he goes out there and kills penalties. He goes out there and can move the puck. He scored the first goal of the preseason for the Edmonton Oilers against the Winnipeg Jets from a slot, a shot from uh, the high slot. He he is able to do that. You have guys like a Michael Kesselring who has really been impressing throughout camp. Could he eventually get a call up? Not make the team out of camp, but get a call up somewhere else. He's also a big lad, Vincent DeHarnay for the Edmonton Oilers, who is get this six foot seven, two hundred and thirty pounds, still. Hasn't stepped on the ice for the Edmonton Oilers. Jason Demers, a guy who was brought in on a PTO, has looked very solid in a in kind of a veteran type role for him there. A lot of guys like I've seen him and Evander Kane really getting along throughout the 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 uh, training camp. He has really been a good leader right next to Marcus Nieminen. So. I think the big battle to watch is going to be that Philip Broberg spot. Can Philip Broberg outplay all the other guys fighting for a spot? Or will you see a guy not, like Marcus Neemahlein and Vincent D'Arnais, an a name out of nowhere, maybe a Jason Demers, a Michael Kesselring, a Philip Kemp, take that spot. I think that's the interesting battle.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of where the flames are at with their sixth and seventh defensemen because Oliver Shillington is out for uh, personal reasons. He's back Uh, in Sweden, I believe, with his family dealing with something. Um, The organization made it clear that it wasn't substance abuse related, but I also don't think any of our minds like would have gone to that. Anyways, that's a whole different
1: (laughs) rabbit hole to go
0: down, but you know, they have a plethora of ahl defensemen that are potentially nhl caliber and ready to make that jump who's so valamaki you better just start packing your bags and i don't know, just formally request a trade do yourself Holy. a favor daryl sutter hates you um you <laughs> fought his son last year and now your teammates and then there's just there's so much beef there that i could just do a whole episode on it which i i should I should just really, get out, like, eh? a whiteboard and be like, "Okay, this is where it started." But, yeah. um, you know, Michael Stone, who has such an interesting story, because he had to be bought out due to uh, medical issues, and then oh. he, you know, was able to come back um, once he was once he got that taken care of, and has come back on PTOS, signs the one-year deal, and then it's just uh not a I guess it's a revolving door. So and then you have the guys in the AHL like Connor Mackey, who I think would make a great um, you know, bottom pairing defenseman. And then Malosh, I think is how you say mm-hmm. It. Mm-hmm. he
1: Melosh, was yeah. told
0: that he has, you know, he has the opportunity to take over for um that Eric Goodbranson spot in the pairing with Nikita Zadorov. So I would love to see some new feces and some fresh blood up in the NHL because
1: mm-hmm.
0: it is time. It is time to let the <laughs> children make the jump.
1: Yeah. And it is time today. I think for us to say goodbye, we have, the truth today, but that's all right. We normally do. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, also, a uh, quick shout-out, Dmitry Samarukov. Didn't get him in that conversation. but Kind of similar to the situation you mentioned with Uzo Valamaki. Maybe not necessarily space for him there, but I love Dmitry Samarukov. I-, I just want to make sure that it's not like, get back your stuff! Get out of here! I, I-, I want him. I want him. <laughs> uh, there's no space. There's only so much space in the mm-hmm. NHL. Let's call it there. There's only so much space in today's block, which we have Taken all of. So, thank you so much for joining us today. Jess, where can they find you?
0: Yes, thank you everyone so much for tuning in. You can find Locked on Flames on Twitter at LO underscore flames pod and anywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. I love, um, even if you listen on audio, just pop and you have a question or a comment, pop over to YouTube and I'll answer it. Um, I know that it's kind of like hard to. Engage, or if you have questions, you can always tweet at me too at Jess Belmosto. Um, yeah, that's just come hang out and answer a question of the day. And Brett, where can people find you?
1: You can find me personally at the real Holden Forty on everything. That's Twitter, Instagram. I think my Nexopia was like that as well. No, I'm kidding. I didn't have Nexopia. Uh, but you don't care about me. You care about the Edmonton Oilers. And you can find us at Locked On Oilers. Exactly how it sounds on Twitter. And if you're not already subscribed on YouTube. What are you doing? Just head into the search bar and look up up Locked on Oilers, and we'll be right there. Make sure you sauce over a subscription.
0: Wow. That was just under an hour. That was wonderful. (laughs) Um, Yes, and also thank you for a 1,000 subscribers. That's really cool. Super cool. So thank you, everyone, and we will see you next week. And stick around uh, the Locked on NHL Network for more daily podcasts.